they're back. More outrageous, more comedic, more musical, and more smarter. It's Gremlins 2, the new batch. It was a new batch. I was sad to see Stripe not be back. You know, I th- you know, I was like, yeah, he's pretty dead in the last one. <laughs> I, uh, I for some reason, I really wanted him back. Oh man, yeah, yeah. This film missed Stripe. I will say that for sure. Um, and it was definitely more smarter, unlike us, Alex, who may not be getting smarter with each episode. Oh wait, you think this film was more smarter? Well, I will say that this smart gremlin was more smarter. Oh, yes, he was. He was quite brainy. <laughs> Welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing Gremlins 2, the new batch. I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And Alex, this is the second of our Christmas specials, but I don't know if we should call this a Christmas special. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we'll have to, but it's sure it is. Why not? It's got it's got <laughs> lights in it, right? It's got it's got lights. It's got yeah. lights. Yeah. Uh, it's got a wintry New York. Sure. We'll take Check. it. We'll it take checks it. all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, one thing at the top of the show here, uh, longtime listeners may need to know before we jump into our review, Alex, we are going to be taking a very short hiatus for us it's a long hiatus because we've never taken a hiatus but (laughs) it is a two-week break that we are taking as we revamp uh the show to present monsters versus men 2.0 in the new year we've got some new things planned some new films planned a brand new ongoing series um but still the same old formula for the most part a couple of things will switch around, but the same old backbone of the show that our listeners have hopefully grown to love. Uh, but we will be taking that two-week hiatus uh, after this show uh, and be back with new episodes at the start of the new year. But that doesn't mean that MVM will stop. We'll actually be releasing episodes each week, and we will be releasing some of our patreon exclusive marvel versus men episodes just to give you a teaser as to what's behind the scenes over there at mvm plus at patreon um so if you're on the fence and you're wondering hey should i do the patreon well you'll see if it's worth it in watching in listening to marvel <laughs> versus men the next two weeks alex do you know which two marvel versus men we want to release so I've been thinking about it, and there's only two with um, monsters in them uh, that we've Ooh. done. So mm. I'm thinking Shang Chi and Eternals. Okay, uh, they both Sounds have good. monsters in them, so I feel like they might be appropriate. Pretty um, recent, then. Yeah, yeah, pretty recent. So that'll give something for people to chew on. And I'm trying to think. I might do a little Christmas something for some people. Just. Uh, Maybe I still don't have it completely worked out, but I might do a little Christmas something just to have for people to have a little something extra for the holidays. Ooh, 
I like that. A little, a little Alex special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little, a little, just a little one spice. Time, maybe, maybe yeah. just a little spice in that latte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little pumpkin spice. A little pumpkin spice. Wait, no, that's that's. <laughs> oh that's yeah, oh, yeah. we missed little, it already. A little uh, peppermint spice Ooh, in that Christmas latte. There Mm-mm-mm. we go. I'll, I'll be that. I'll be that white peppermint mocha in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Enough with this ridiculous. I think it's time to move on to some more ridiculous. Shall we review Gremlins 2, the new batch, Alex? We shall. All right. After last week's fiasco-full Christmas feature, we return to Joe Dante, Chris Columbus, and Steven Spielberg's Gremlins 2. While not too Christmassy this time around, the new batch still builds upon the characters, themes, and ideas of the first, but also goes in new directions. Did the way this film built upon the first surprise you? Or you or were you more taken by the New York view, Alex? Well, it definitely surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um I was surprised that the film really started out so strong. Uh by being doing a couple of things that I really liked. Um being cartoonish in its rudeness to New Yorkers, like its portrayal <laughs> of them, like it's, it's kinda uh-huh. spot on and how I think a lot of big people picture New Yorkers. Now, I've never thought that they were that bad whenever I've been there, but I've heard some stories where, yeah, it sounds like it might be that bad. And, uh, you know, how hilarious it depicts corporate sterility. Oh. I love those elements of it. Um, Hmm. Now, the latter examination is what really drew me in, though. Uh, I was enjoying the hilarious examination of something that um, Mr... Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Mr. We, they brought him back from the dead. What's his name? Mr. Futterman. Mr. Futterman. You know, yeah. Mr. Futterman always says American made in the last yeah. one. Uh-huh. And a lot of times that, that can mean quality. Uh, but I like this examination of like this American business that isn't quite so great. Like the clamp logo. <laughs> Right, the clamp logo isn't a. It's perfect. It's this clamp that literally has a it, the planet in its grasp. It's literally squeezing the planet. It's, it's so tongue in cheek. Like I absolutely love that logo. I actually thought it was a really great logo. I mean, it's um, got the C in it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. No, it, like it's so good. But we get to see, you know, what what happens when things get just too corporate, too sterile, mm-hmm. and what a lack of inspiration really looks like in a corporate setting. Um, everything is big, expensive, and also oddly cheap and hollow, mm-hmm. which is kind of a perfect metaphor for this movie. This yeah. movie is <laughs> is Clamp Industries, but maybe with just a little extra pizzazz. Ooh. Wow, Alex. Ah, man. All right. I didn't know how you felt about this, honestly. Um, But interesting. Cheap and hollow. Yeah, I mean, I think that is exemplified right at the beginning. I knew I was going to enjoy this satirical aspect of this film. When we see the guy walk through the... um, revolving doors and it's like, <laughs> you know it's like the revolve i don't know what it was called revolving doors 2.0 to increase efficiency you yes. know but then of course it malfunctions and it takes him longer to get through than it would have originally right mm-hmm. that type of thing i love i love whenever we have this sort of <laughs> satirical look on the workplace and this film certainly gives us that and those first 30 minutes it takes the fantasy feel of the first and magnifies it and says 
no, actually, this is a full fantasy movie while also bringing those Kafka-esque feelings to the American capitalist workplace. I did miss the cap, the, the Christmas element uh, that that mm-hmm. would have made it feel a little bit more like the first in its tone. You know, we could have made this a New York Christmas movie a la Home Alone 2 or Die Hard maybe. Yes. But we get what we get, which is a double down on the outrageousness we saw in the first if you weren't sure about the campy elements in the first film, this feel, film definitely feels more fully aware of those elements. Now, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly. But this film does love a meta-analysis from that opening Bugs Bunny and Daffy cartoon, which is just signaling that this is a Looney live-action Looney Tunes movie (laughs) to the theater interruption to the fact that we literally get a familiar feeling critic reviewing the first gremlins movie within (laughs) the movie yeah this movie seems to reflect on its own existence as a sequel and ask its audience to go along for the ride at any expense maybe even the expense of the story did you dig the meta elements alex sometimes overall (laughs) though no (laughs) not really um, which is surprising. I love meta things. I think it's usually pretty funny, but, and I enjoyed the occasional moment, like when, um, Kate, <laughs> when Kate, Kate, <laughs> yeah. So when Kate tells the story about how she hates Abraham Lincoln and it's going down that same path <laughs> of how she told the story about why she doesn't like Christmas, it was yeah. like, that was so funny. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, though, generally for the film, after those first 30 minutes, I found I found myself to be pretty unimpressed with the film. Yeah, yeah the meta elements are a wink and a nod. They're kind of humorous, but like I said, overall, they're kind of hollow. And they don't mm-hmm. do the film really any justice. Like, yeah, I'm actually totally down for Gizmo being Rambo. <laughs> like, I'm actually down for that. That's uh-huh. fine. Yeah. But how many minutes of screen time are we going to get with each gremlin drinking a different solution that turns into a different type of gremlin that's usually unfunny, sometimes interesting uh, version of these creatures? Like, it's literally just a showcase for visual effects. And nothing more. Like, yeah, we get a few that are something different. But for the most part, I found the other versions of Gremlins to be a waste of time, even if they are visually pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, The visual effects are really cool. (laughs) They're awesome. Um, And some of those creations (laughs) are really neat. But it, it all comes down to probably my biggest complaint of the story, which is the story <laughs> yeah um, did you notice you asked me about the story and i didn't even talk about it yeah exactly <laughs> uh there isn't much of a story and we don't get we do, we do get that showcase of those visual elements that you mentioned but which of those gremlins actually further the story only mm-hmm. a couple and what is unique about this story that we didn't already establish in the first film not much, not much. right on top of that the final solution just seems really quick and almost out of nowhere. I had no idea it was going to end the way it did. Just I was like, okay, that was the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to do a double take to make sure it was over. 
we didn't get that same climatic build that we saw in the first one mm-hmm. that culminated in the spike battle. We just got a whole lot of gremlin um, and a whole lot of further developments. But, and you know, that's kind of an interesting question just about film in general, I think. At what expense does the story of a sequel matter for the success or enjoyment of the film? Uh, it's an interesting question. Can you have fun while still recognizing their story elements that are severely lacking? Um, where is the balance there? But did you have any of these sorts of gripes, Alex? Yeah, definitely. Like, the climax is kind of lame. Um, and honestly, Brainy Gremlin is frankly for me eye roll inducing yeah. i didn't like him talking I, it felt can't it felt campy to the point of taking me way too far out like it took me to another campground mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> i wasn't even there and the electric gremlin was certainly a solution to a problem but i didn't like it and the problem is is that most of these Things are again are not really funny to me. I did like the female gremlin though. Like I actually did think <laughs> that she was funny, and I love the the resolution of that uh, when mm, she so shows good. up and he's just like, eh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that one is good. <laughs> it's pretty funny, man. And and yeah, the spider gremlin and the bat ones are really cool looking. Yes, but the lack of story and any sort of tone management like the previous film is very detrimental to this film for me. Mm. It feels like a first draft of a screenplay where the writer had uncontrollable ADHD and they put every idea that popped into their head on paper and Mm. just slipped this one past an editor somehow. Honestly, this could have used some real hacking away on um, because most of it is pointless nonsense and not in a way that I like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I really wish the film would have carried over some of that last or some of the first 30 minutes. Dude, um, it was so good. I was all in on I was that first too. 30 minutes. <laughs> I really was too. Um, which is really interesting. I, I didn't know how you would feel. And I was just to have the exact same thoughts. I'm, I'm like, the first 30 minutes of this film hooked me in. I was like, okay, <laughs> this could be a very interesting take um, to have like these gremlins versus this corporate America sort of thing. But it just didn't turn into that. It, it just turned into chaos and not chaos in a way that makes you like laugh a lot or even smile mm-hmm. too much. Just chaos without much of a point as you said. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, with that said, I mean, I still enjoyed a lot of it. Um, we'll get to that in our, our final uh, rating. I still enjoyed a lot of this, but did it live up to the first one? I don't think so. I don't think it was even close. Yeah. This one, yeah. like, I couldn't get enough of Gremlins 1. I checked the clock many a time on this one. Yeah. And every yeah. time I did, I was disappointed with how much I had left. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. No. Uh, what is a good sign, though, Alex, is what we're talking about in MVM Plus today. Transition, transition, transition. Uh, over on patreon.com forward slash MVM pod, 
we're playing catch up because we have done Marvel versus Men the past couple of weeks. So we'll play a little bit of catching up. Um, we may talk a little bit and reveal our uh, new series to our patrons and talk about some ideas that we have. We also, I want to tell you, I finished Castlevania. I want to give you my thoughts on that. And I know we've both been playing some video games, so we can catch up over on MVM+. Plus. Ooh, yeah, definitely. I need to hear this for sure. Sounds good. All right. Uh, well, let's jump into our awards. Alex, coolest character award, who'd you have? So I'm going to give it to, originally I was thinking maybe Daniel Clamp, believe it or not. <laughs> but I actually ended up going with the announcer that does all the calls in the, uh, <laughs> in the lobby. Uh-huh. The lines that he has are so funny. And that man is a, a gem in a, uh, in a room full of coal. He's a diamond oh, in the rough. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but I think he's, I think he's really funny, but honestly, it, I actually really liked Daniel Clamp in a way because at first he seems like this, um, Typical bad guy, right? He really feels like a typical bad guy um, that you would see in any movie where the big corporate overlord. And it turns out like he's kind of aloof and yeah. he's a lot goofier than you expect. He's not what the opening 10 minutes portray him to be. And he's, yeah. he, he actually feels like he wants the best for the world. Um, in a weird way, and but he's just kind of like not the man to do it. <laughs> but I just love how he goes all in on this gremlin thing. Like he's like, this is his time to shine. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I did like that at the end. You know, just all the different ideas that he was pulling out, like all the different opportunities this brought. And like it did circle back around to this idea, but it, it only it touched did. on it at the very end, you know, where he's like, we're going to build the biggest, most nicest small town ever. <laughs> yeah. See, like, like he has like these good intentions. He's like, I want to give the people what they want. But then it also turns into this inevitable corporatism of it. Exactly. Oh, it's so, the biggest, it's yeah, it's so small, small yeah. town ever. <laughs> uh, most memorable line oh actually wait, I oh, wait, what, what, yeah what about yours yeah well mine was another gem and mine was murray futterman yeah who returned from the dead now there's not much development when it comes to characters in this film between the first film and the second except for when it comes to murray futterman who has really stepped up his game and become mm-hmm. something of a hero here um really saving the day on a couple different occasions and saving several lives. So Murray Futterman got to give him credit. Uh, he grew a lot from one film to the next and, and you just like seeing him here because you thought he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, really I thought did. he was dead. At the first time I was like, Oh man, that was kind of dark. And I love their way of writing around that, that he oh, yeah. just they traumatized just, all exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Now, most memorable line award. Alex, what was your most memorable line? Uh, mine was actually a line from the announcer. And he said, he says, don't miss Casablanca now in full color and a happy ending. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, that, it was just playing off that line of, you know, Daniel Clamp doesn't doesn't like black and white movies. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
<laughs> uh, so that's good. That's what good. about you? Uh, so mine was, it was just a weird part in this movie that I actually liked. I, I actually liked this little detour where we get this, because um, it would have been fun in the theater, I it think. It would have been fun in the well, theater. Yeah, where we get this intermission sort of, and all of a sudden there's something wrong with the film, and we see a movie full uh, or a theater full of moviegoers, and the gremlins are interrupting the movie. That would have been fun in a movie theater for sure, but the most ridiculous part of that is the line that comes at the end from none other than Hulk Hogan. Do you think the Gremsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too, right now. Sorry, folks, it won't happen again. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a pretty good Hulk. It, it was a that was a perfect Hulk Hogan for sure. Um, uh, pronunciations, well, I, pronunciations, mm. and um, interpretations—that's what we're great at here, Alex. Yeah, well, I, I thought that, that you just played a clip from the movie. Are you saying that wasn't you? No, I, that was a clip. That was a that direct was clip you. from the movie. Oh, okay, thanks, okay. actually, thanks for editing that in, Alex. Yeah, yeah, it. no problem, no problem. <laughs> um, uh, that can't that moment, though, one. real quick. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it would have been awesome in the theater, but it really did not work for me mm. sitting at home. But I, but I did put myself in like the the place of the viewer in the yeah. theater. I, I would have been all about that if I was in the theater. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I gave that a pass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about Can't Believe the Acting Award, Alex? Yeah, I got to give this to my man, Dick Miller, who played Murray Futterman. He was such mm-hmm. a joy in this movie. Um, you know, he kind of feel he feels like not like a nice guy, but kind of a stick in the mud a little bit in the original. And to see him be like a full-on hero in this, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really fun. And I just... I would love to. I don't. I don't know much about this guy's uh, acting career, but he feels like he would have some pretty good comedic chops. Yeah. No. No. I. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, my can't believe acting award goes to a character you mentioned, Alex, to an actor, um, to the actor John Glover, who plays oh. you know, the nineteen early nineteen nineties, late nineteen eighties version of Donald Trump. I mean, Daniel Cr- Clamp, Alex. I, I love John Glover. John, John Glover, Glover yeah. I think he's such a—he's someone whose acting career I wish I knew more about because whenever I see him, I think of Smallville, and he's like way too he's good great. for Smallville when yeah, he's in he's, it. Well, he's great in Smallville. <laughs> he's <right>? so good. <laughs> no, he's so good at it, but it's like he's almost out of place because he's so good. <laughs> and uh, in this, he's so good too. I'm like, he, I need to really, see more of his backlog. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, um, as you said, there's, there's different layers to this character um that are revealed through the performance i think uh there's a lot in the writing too there but also it couldn't be done without that performance it was very slick and i I like the word that you used for the character earlier aloof what first seems like uh 100 greed turns into just aloofness and this sort of like childlike desire to just do things bigger and better than ever mm-hmm. before, right? It was really interesting, but John Glover pulled it off. Yeah, dude, he's so good. <laughs> anyway, um, what about your uh, standout effect award? Well, returning to that character, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's when Daniel Clamp shreds 
the gremlin in the paper shredder. Um, oh yeah, that's good. It's just good. Like that that was awesome. You know, it was very reminiscent. I thought this was it was this film's microwave moment. Um and it certainly was pretty gruesome while still being cartoonish. It wasn't like I actually think the the last film was probably more gruesome. Um yeah. this was more cartoonish despite the fact that a body was being shredded in the shredder. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. Uh, this one is somehow not as violent, despite more yeah. going on, I guess, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I would agree with you. Exactly. Um, uh, what about you? Yeah, I had the spider gremlin. Nice. I thought it was a very cool effect. It's super well done. Like that's that's an effect that's easy to look cheap for sure. Like that that's one that could look bad very mm-hmm. easily, and it doesn't at all. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to see that. And then also the death. The death of that thing is very cool as it burns and its head mm-hmm. like swivels a bit. It's pretty yeah. cool. Very cool. Um, what about your Oh, That's a Good Shot Award? The gremlin in the wedding tr- dress reveal. <laughs> I see what that man liked. You know what I'm saying? Man, Alex. <laughs> man. <laughs> Just the way that camera moved up and down the body. Yes. The whoo. It'll stay with me. Wow. What about what about you, Eric? Uh, I don't know if mine is a oh that's a good shot award, but it was oh that's an interesting shot award. Um, it was it was when the the flying gremlin gets the uh, like modification to let him fly outside, mm. and you see the 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 gremlin um, transposed over the New York City skyline. Yes. It was just it was interesting. Um, I gave them credit for trying something uh even if it didn't work super well i'd like to give the team credit and i did like the payoff of that where we see futterman be the hero and of course the uh gremlin becomes a gargoyle figure (laughs) that will be forever enshrined on that building which is pretty fun (laughs) it's the perfect origin for get gremlins three someone goes up there and takes the blood out Exposes it it's to water. Coming. It's coming, man. Gremlins 3. Yeah. Keep, keep talking about it. We'll, we'll start see. working on that script yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> what about your, you know, we brought this in last week, but what's your best Gremlin award? Uh, best Gremlin award for me is the Phantom of the Opera Gremlin. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I just liked the idea of a piano playing Gremlin who wore a mask. It felt like there was less... Um, dress up in this one um it was more like body manipulation whereas the last one we we kind of got the personalities through these different costumes and get-ups that we got but this one the phantom of the opera get up i really liked um that was fun <laughs> that was um, fun. it's just so random and out there but pretty fun what about you it, it, yeah that's a good one <laughs> um for me it was the flashing gremlin part two you yeah. know <laughs> I was just glad to see it back. Um, And honestly, you know, while you were saying your description for why you like the Phantom of the Opera Gremlin, uh, because it's like this costume instead of uh, body manipulation, Mm -hmm. these costumes really give the Gremlins a lot of character, whereas the body manipulation doesn't, which might be what is so uninteresting to them, despite looking cool for me, is... There is like some sort of 
I know that guy with the gremlins when they're dressed up as humans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when they turn into a bat, it's like, oh, it's just a monster transforming. It's yeah. not so hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. The um the furry gremlins have more uh deviation mm. when it comes to their looks, you know, yeah. when they're first created than we saw in the first gremlins. But we don't get as much of that personality then when they're transformed into mean gremlins. So Yeah, the the goofy one, I will say it, the goofy one annoyed me like you would not believe. (laughs) The one that um, they accidentally uh, take home. home Accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. (laughs) I hate that one. Uh, yeah, I honestly didn't. Uh, maybe it's maybe we were being grouchy. Maybe we we're being grouchy. No, it, it was like, the sound it made. It was like well, it was incessant. I didn't like any of those variations. I was just kind of like, uh, I just like, give me the cute gremlins that I are kind of like, like the really mean looking one because he kind of uh-huh. reminded me of Stripe, who I just wanted this whole time. Yeah. Well, I thought one of them was going to be an embodiment of Stripe. Right, like there was one that was like really those, mean like, looking. Yes, and I liked him a lot. Like, oh, is that going to be? That's the stripe of this film, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought, and I, I was excited for that. I don't remember that. it anymore. Well, that's the thing is, like, once they transform, they still look pretty cool and they look pretty similar, except for the goofy one. Um, but the problem is, is when all the chaos happens with all of them transforming, and all, I'm like, I don't even know where that one ended up. Yeah. I don't know where any of those grim ones actually ended up. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, it just gets brushed aside, kind of. Yep, interesting. Well, let's move into our rating and ranking then, Alex. Shall yeah. we? You want me to start this time? Yeah. Let's All right. It. So for me, we've criticized this film quite a bit now, more than I actually thought you were going to criticize it, Alex. Uh, but it sounds like we're on the same page as far as the first thirty minutes of the film adding meaning and layers to maybe what we got in the first and, and finding some new areas uh, that this film could have explored even further. Those first 30 minutes are very fun. But as the very prologue of the film tries to warn us about, this isn't going to be a film with much of a story. This is a Looney Tunes movie, right? Yeah. Um, and I think the film is aware of that and and leans into that and wants to be that. But for me, because of that, it just doesn't work as well as the first one. I gave the first one a 3.5 out of five. Um, But after the first 30 minutes of this film, I was just a whole lot less interested um, than I was in the first movie. So for me, this is going to be a 2.5 out of five. Okay. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm like, I'm just like you, Eric. I mean, you kind of said it all for me, but the first 30 minutes is excellent. And I loved where it was going. It felt like it was firing on all cylinders and it just, as soon as those other gremlins or the other Mowgli show, Mogwai show up, I feel like it really starts to get hurt. Um, and then when the real gremlins show up, it just kind of falls off its tracks. And while it still has a few pretty great moments, um, they yeah. do not make up for the bloat that this movie really has and a lot of the pointless stuff in it. It's just, it's lacking a lot of what, it, this didn't need to be a duplicate of the first Gremlins, mm-hmm. but this doesn't really, it felt like it found its own identity in that third minutes and then it lost itself. Yeah. And... 
I just wish we could have gotten more of that first 30 minutes, but you know, it's a movie. Um, I'm going <laughs> to give it a, I'm going to give it a two out of five. All right. Yeah. I, I can get with that. Yeah. I tell you, honestly though, the first 30 minutes, Alex, I thought about texting you and being like, this, this movie hasn't missed a hit so far. Like this is like, it is, you said firing on all cylinders. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, there hasn't been a line off so far. I'm like, this is hilarious. It <laughs> um, is. And then it just gets away from that. Which is interesting. It gets away from it by introducing us to the point of the movie, which is the gremlins. Um, but could the gremlins have been used in a way that enhanced what they had already established in the first Definitely. 30 minutes? I think so. Right. I think so. Um, but instead it just goes in a different direction completely. So. I, I would argue that gremlins one had a lot of those elements with them being very consumery yeah. uh, is a lot in line with what this was looking like it was trying to do. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So that it built upon those themes of the first, right? Uh, and expanded upon them. And then we just didn't get that anymore. And the first one just definitely felt more like a cohesive, even, even the fact that maybe that wasn't as produced uh, as this one, it felt more cohesive. Um, it felt like somebody's vision versus a studio production, maybe. Right. It, it was interesting in that sense. Um, it's like, there's so much in thrown into this one that it didn't feel cohesive at the end. Like I said, it's like clamp and it's like, it's like clamp industries, big, expensive and oddly cheap and hollow. <laughs> That's a good way to sum it up. <laughs> uh, once again, uh, listeners, we will be on a two-week hiatus here over the holiday season, but we'll be back in the new year um, for MVM 2.0, Alex. I'm excited for it. Now, the, Eric, the question is, is do we want to go ahead and tell people what we're... Mm, or nope. do we want to wait? We're going to wait. Nope. We'll, we'll, release, we'll, release a couple te- we'll release a teaser here uh, oh, in, right. in the week or so before. So we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll prepare you so that you, you know what to expect. But, uh, and we'll probably talk about it on MVM Plus today. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. If you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3. Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try to stay alive. Just the way that camera moved up and down the body. Yes. The who?
It'll stay with me. Wow. What about what about you, Eric? Uh, 